Welcome to Imagine This Podcast. A conversation show where we talk to Milwaukee's arts, cultural, and creative leaders to highlight all the incredible transformative work in our region. We hope that after listening to the pod, you will see our region and all the awesome artists, arts organizations, and creative assets in Milwaukee in a new way. I'm David Lee. I'm MacArthur Antigua. And I'm Lindsay Sheridan. It's season four of The Slap. I thought we were going to do Head of the Class. Oh, wait, that was last week. That was last week. That was last week when Lindsay didn't know what Head of the Class was. I think Head of the Class, I didn't get a chance to comment on this, and I don't blame Lindsay. I think Head of the Class is one of those sitcoms that had a significant run, but it also fell into the memory hole. Right, like but it produced, wasn't... but produced Brian Robbins, who went on to make a whole bunch of sports movies, and uh, he was not. in it. He didn't produce yeah. it. He was no, in no, it. no, 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 no. But he was in it. Yeah, he I mean, was he in was, the ensemble. Yeah, that's right. Him and, and Dan Schneider, who would later yeah. become like the impresario from Nickelodeon's, yeah. like that's right. uh, a lot of action, a lot of talent on the head of the class. Oh my gosh! World. Yeah, that to that point. But but I think like what's interesting is head of the class is one of those, and again. I know we're, we're talking about what you didn't talk about last week, but I would say it's one of those unique shows that had enough of a run like Becker, right? Are, there's shows that like lasted seven, eight sitcoms that lasted seven, eight years, but like never, nobody talks about it. It's never like brought up in syndication. It just right. it came went right. and as well. I have the class had a reboot on Disney or I think, and it didn't, it lasted barely 11 episodes. Right. Think about that. Like on platforms that are starving for content. They're they like, just nah, we're content, not going to run it back. Right. It's like, that's yeah. that's how much of like, we should have listened to the first time when this wasn't, <laughs> this wasn't working. <laughs> well, welcome listener. As you may have guessed, uh, our Gen Z co-host is no is not here with us this week uh, she, as she is traveling to do- It's her turn to travel. For it's her turn to travel. Will Smith. Yeah, it's her turn to travel. That's right. It's her turn to travel. Yeah, we, we designate out. And also, so we didn't say, I was going to say, if, we, if you're using the slap, uh, I would reference How I Met Your Mother, uh, season four, which I'm not sure if the slap bet, there's a bit called the slap bet, which those that have watched it would say that's probably one of the top five elements when you think of that show. Right. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I, I would offer How, How I Met Your Mother was one of the few uh, sitcoms that managed to do the hang the every week hang but right. then also do the like lostian the long archery yeah, you're right. like where are we gonna where are we gonna right. go with this spoiler alert it wasn't terribly satisfying at the end much like lost wasn't the payoff where yeah. like oh great you know they kind of painted themselves into a corner i think yeah it's kind of satisfying it's kind, it's kind of okay i got teary on the in the finale I, well, again, much like Lost, I got teary in the finale. I love how we keep talking about Lost. Like, yeah, because of the time sunk into it. But I'm just saying, if you were to, you know, from a distance, go like, how do they execute right. this mystery? Right. Really, like, mm, right. Mm. Anyway, so okay, so there you go. So that's 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 our season four shit reference as we start out this episode <laughs> of Imagine This Podcast without Sans Gen Z correspondent Lindsay Sheridan. So you're stuck stuck with a bunch of crusty Gen Xers, uh, and but but I think we're bringing the Gen Z back because after the break we're gonna have the new C the the CEO. I want to say new. He's been in the role for new. a while. I mean, while. two years, yeah, two years now. Newish. Yeah. Uh, we call ourselves a startup. It's been three yeah, years, so right. like it's you know time as well. Right. Uh, but Sean Kibzak, who's the CEO of Arts at Large, uh, which is uh, a really you know, exciting and vibrant organization that's at the intersection of arts education, uh, creatives, and uh, community arts. Um, so he'll be talking after the break. But as as per 
our usual bit. It's the banter. So if those of you who don't so, want to banter, fast forward to the interview. But you know, Lindsay's not here, so we're gonna so banter. We, we're we gonna got a banter. long banter section. We're gonna yeah, banter. Right. Yeah. So sorry, not so sorry. Thinking Lindsay. about like as 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 is everybody, right? And and I know we're all we are uh, all so bored. Uh, so, I'm so bored. bored. Of, I'm so of, of bored. Um, but I hope you have a compelling take because I do. Be I, have, I have two. I have two ideas. First is, you know, everybody's sort of like clutching their pearls about what happened. Uh, on Sunday night, uh-huh. and I was as I was walking the dog this morning, thinking about um, again because it's the thing that, that that is living rent free in everybody's mind, and we're all bored of it. We see stuff like that happen all the time in sanctioned cultural events. What yeah. happens when a pitcher hits a batter? Oh yeah, or there was a ball at a batter, or or, or 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 every night in a hockey game, Fight or. I mean, a fight breaks out, right? And and it just struck me that it was sort of a unique. I mean, obviously, this is a different sort of a setting, right? Like context you know, matters. Yeah, context matters. But like we see this stuff, ha- like real fights happen all the time in cultural events, and it sort of is a is sort of a normally accepted thing that that happens at you know, in in sports events. Um, and then this thing happened on, on Sunday. I'm not condoning it. I'm just. It was sort of a, a moment where I was like, huh, that's interesting. Like Nolan Ryan, Gen X reference, right? Nolan Ryan gave <laughs> Robin Ventura like five fists to the face and like yeah, spine bustered him. But but I think I'm gonna say that at least in the context of like a bean ball and then the ensuing fight or even like a hockey fight. Um like we when you say that when the malice in the palace happened in the NBA, that was that was like clutching our pearls moment. That was that was so that was like that 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 had sort of risen to like a level of of like a riot, right? They called it the malice in the palace, <laughs> right? Well, but I, I, even the violent act that like or whatever. Well, I guess it wasn't about somebody threw something at Ron Artest, not a world piece. Or or when Larry Bird threw a ball at Bill and Beer. I mean, like the the like there are there are things that happen like these outbursts of violence happen in cult in, in cultural events that. That, that we just, you know, yeah, we but just sort of take it normal. I guess it's sport. Like, like we, we, I think like when I watch an event like a football game or again, a sporting event, I am ready for that to happen. When I'm, right. when I'm watching an award show, I'm not, you know what, here's, here's another comparison. What is, there are like those viral videos of like, I don't think about our legislature, but like other, other legislatures oh, yeah. around yeah. the world. We're, yeah. we're like, yeah, like in Taiwan, like, Taiwan, yeah, they fight. Goes yeah, they, up, they, yeah, they, they literally fight, right? fight. And yeah. that—that's like when I see that. That's a similar like what that what's going on. Although we do have history in American history of like right. incidences of senators or reps going at each other physically, you know. Um, but but I think context matters. It's yeah, sure. I think, and again to to the other point, I read Reggie Jackson's reflection over at the Milwaukee Independent, which was probably the best one for me, the most resonant reflections on it. It's like. We have violence all the time in this country, mm-hmm. you know, um, at the state level in terms of initiating wars, you know, to to, uh, you, you know, what we witnessed, you know, from by the state on people, people at each other all the time. So I think I, I do think it's interesting that uncertain settings, we're not ready for it. And it's like jarring. And I guess I'd, I'd like to think on some level we're pretty. You know, would an alien look at us and go, "Hey, we're our, this is a pretty violent culture. Yeah. This American culture is kind of violent. Like, look what they watch on TV, and like, look what they watch and, and do." Have you have you ever been punched in the face? 
Oh, that's a good question. I was in a fight once in fifth grade with Jim Lanigan, fourth grade, Jim Lanigan. You're going to call him out like now? (laughs) I I have this thing. We did it with Sean where you name people like, you know, it's not, I want to set a state. I want to, these are real people that it happened to me and Jim Lanigan were really good friends. Like we're, we're buddies. And it was just one of those times, I think, like in recess, we just got really chippy yeah. with each other during freeze tag or, you know, hand tag or something, <laughs> right? Like, like I didn't appreciate that. And I, and I remember he, he like hit me in the face, but it wasn't like a, a solid punch. We were wearing gloves, you know, you're wearing like winter gear. You sort of like swiped it. It, you. it was a swipe, swipe yeah. me across the face. And I remember I like took it and I like feigned that I was hurt a lot more to which he came over to me to be check if I was okay. And then I clocked him back. Like right when I got him in, I went mm. bam, right back at him. And then I got in sent the face or in the stomach yeah, in the or... face, in the face. Oh, wow. Again, it was, it wasn't like a, like Rocky Balboa clean punch. It was, you know, again, shoves probably more of a jab yeah. than like a roundhouse, but I like pushed him, you know, gave him a shot. And I remember the, the research recess monitors, like to, to the nurse, you know, get out of here. And it was, it was one of those odd moments where I think the recess monitor was like, why you guys, yeah, you, you guys are friends, friends yeah. and you're nice guys. Like what's going on here. You're not, you're not Toby Collie. That guy's like, you know, Stu Grimson. He's that guy's like a hockey enforcer. He's a, and in fact, I named Toby Collie for specifically because I remember being in the nurse's office and Toby was in the nurse's office. He was a kid. He, he, just he, always he, had, he didn't fight. Yeah, he always, well, I don't day. know if this was a fight, but he's a guy who always had a cast on. Like yeah. he just, he, he always found him. And I remember Toby had a bit of like a, and a rep, a rep of being like a really kind of, you know, he's just a rowdy dude. Yeah. And, and we weren't like in the same classes all the time. And I just remember being with the nurse and the nurses just checked my lip. I had a little cut. And the nurses just asked me questions. And I just remember being first going like, well, this happened. And, and then I remember crying. I just remember crying, like processing what happened. Like, I can't believe I fought my friend, you know? And I just remember Toby Collie sitting on the other yeah. like table going, Hey man, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> like he was like, "Hey man, I get into these all the time. It's all right. You're gonna be <laughs> so, fine. You're gonna be it fine. was this lovely moment where I well, was not expecting Toby. To, to, Toby was trying to recruit you to the gang, right? Essentially, he was trying to get you. He was trying to get you over to the dark side. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That I, I you know, God bless Toby Collie. You know, like he wasn't like good for book learning, but he had street learning. Like he knew these things, and he. It was just this tender moment of male, yeah. you know camaraderie and, and from that moment on i always thought toby was like that's a good dude you know like he's all right like he, we're not going to be in the same classes and he kind of processes his physicalness in a, in a much different way but like we kind of have a deep understanding yeah my, my final toby Kali coda is uh he he played basketball with me on the team we were both like at the end of the bench but uh he was very into the beastie boys so he turned me on to like uh license to ill uh at that time and i gotta say on one hand, that was cool. But on the other hand, that was a lot of toxic masculinity I had to unlearn after listening sure. to that album. So so anyway, just want to note, you know, my BC Boys fandom. Thank you, Toby Colley. And no thank you, Toby Colley, for kind of having <laughs> me that. So there you go. Wait, have you been in a fist fight? This is this is a better banter question. I'd, I'd rather not talk about, you know, what what the what the cultural implications yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's, I'm not. That's been that's over. Right? That's what over, about you? Yeah, have you been in a fist right. fight? Have you been in a fight like that? So, um, yeah, I've been in a, in a couple. Um, but the last time I was actually hit in the face was um, in uh, middle school. I was walking with my friend Daryl Lee, who is who is who is Daryl Lee who's been on who's been referenced in podcasts and, and staff meetings in the past 
in San Francisco. We're walking down the street. We, I can't remember where we're going, but we were going to go catch the bus. We we're going to go grab something to eat or something. We were, it must have been like in, in seventh grade, seventh or eighth grade. And literally out of nowhere, a gang of Asian, like little Asian kids, like ran up on us. And the only thing I heard was, why were you effing with my brother? Right. And suddenly out of nowhere, this little hand like connects with me oh. from behind on, on, my, on my cheek. How old are you? I'm like six or seven, seventh okay. or eighth grade. Run that same yeah. age. Run that yeah. same age. Yeah. Seventh, eighth grade. A little bit older. You're a bit older. Yeah, and you know, you, it's so weird because you're sort of in a moment of like Daryl and I are talking about whatever stupid thing we're talking about. It probably about like clarinet, you know, or, or something. And then suddenly you're in the middle of, we're in the middle of like these four kids, like, like swinging wildly at us and like you know you have that shock of like what the hell is going on um I turn around and i see this again this little asian kid who's like why'd you mess with my brother right like and i i assume that he just mistook us from for for, for people or something because you know we, we we weren't those kinds of kids and another you I sort of out of the corner of my eye see another fist coming and Whoa. i'm like i should move <laughs> and yeah, like yeah, i yeah. sort of like move back and he misses and Daryl and I turn around and we just run, right? Like the the best way to, to, to win a fight is to run, right? <laughs> Essentially, right? Like you just never know, right? You never know like like what other people have or, you know, all that stuff. So, and it was just lucky enough that at the, when we got to the bus stop where we were walking to, there was a bus, the, the bus had, was there and the doors were on. We ran on, doors closed. They ran up to the bus, banging on the door. Oh, it's like a movie. Yeah. Like they couldn't get out. They bus drives out. away. And like, you know, you have that moment of like, just sort of your body is sort of like flush with adrenaline and like, mm. you know, um, but it was like that, you know, like in a, I, I guess akin to what happened on Sunday, right? That, 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 you know, you're in a moment where it's peaceful and then suddenly pow, and suddenly everything is like, whoa, what is happening? Right. Like heart, heart um, is zeroed at 120, like yeah. boom, you know, right. Like that. Yeah. And I think, I, I think I can handle like now, like. Cause I find myself in situations sometimes where I'm like, is this something rare, obviously during the pandemic, but there've been times where I'm like, is this going to happen? Like I, I kind of have an awareness of like, I gotta, yeah. I gotta be ready. Like my hands are in Kung Fu, like po like readiness. Yeah. And I, I've been trained enough like self-defense classes that I think I could handle it. Like I've taken enough Krav Maga classes where I like I know to go for the throat. So so I not not, not Krav Maga classes on TikTok, but actual no, no, real classes. I, I've taken a couple classes. I'm not saying I have any certification, but like I know enough to like okay stand on the ankle, push back so I separate this person's ankle or like headbutt and the, like I think I could do that. Like I, I I've done enough of that, but I, my challenge is I empathize with people and I'm I'm very sensitive. So like I'm. I think to do those things, you have to get locked in in a way like I'm going to destroy this person. Like, I don't know how to right. do that. I'm just thinking about like, is this person okay? What's like, I'm thinking too much. Yeah. Where I think once you're in that situation, it's literally like to your point, it's fight or flight. You know, like you gotta, there's no like go on the balcony and like wonder what is the state of human relations, right? <laughs> like that's where my mind goes. And I, yeah. I, that's my fear of, I was, I was, I now when I think about it, you mentioned this recently, I wasn't, I, you know, I go to Vegas every year. Uh, and it was like maybe several years ago that um, we were in a club and it's just, we're walking from one area to another and I bumped into somebody and it just happens. There's a lot of people in this thing. And I remember yeah. this guy was like six, five and wide, you know, and yeah. he just, 
looked at me like, I'm going to kill you. And he didn't spill anything. I think I just caught him in a moment. Like he was ready to yeah. go. Like, and I, just, and I just remember talking him down, like hands up. Meanwhile, the noise is loud. Yeah. And I just remember kind of like, Hey man, like I'm good. And I remember his buddy was like actually trying to walk him away. Like, no, no, yeah. this guy's to your point. Like he didn't do anything to your brother, but I, I but it was like, I, I could have been a wrong place, wrong time. Cause yeah. I don't know what I would have done against somebody with that, that kind of tail to tape. Yeah. That guy reached, I would have been like, I'm going to die. Like this guy's going to kill me. Yes. Yeah. That, that was like afterwards, like my heart was racing. Cause yeah. I'm like, there, there's another universe there. So that might've been the most recent close. Like I'm going to be in a fight or I'm going to be the, the most recent time for me was actually, it, it was a long time ago. It was actually in college. It was like senior week graduating. <laughs> um, everybody's kind of a little bit sauced up. Yeah. I'm with a really good friend of mine stood up in our wedding. Um, and he's black. And we're, you know, walking to mm. someplace um, and these two drunk kids are walking through the college center and they pass us and they say to my friend, what's up, my N-word? Uh-oh. Yeah. And we take a couple steps away and my buddy sort of turns around and he's like, did they call? Mm. Did they, what, what happened? And I was like, they, they did the thing that. Yep, that happened. And so we went, he was like, I, we need to go talk to these folks and we need to, you know, we need to let them know. You can't say that. You can't break them off a little some, something, right? And I was like, let's, we, let's go, right? Like, who? You said yes. Right? Yeah, let's go. You got to go, right? Yeah. Cause you know, you got to, you got to show up for your, for your friend like that, right? When they, when sure. they're like, you know, your friend made the proposal and you're like, I can't not support. Got to say yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to yes. And this one. Yeah. <laughs> so we confront these two kids and, and, and they're, yeah, I, I don't know if they're seniors or juniors, but they're like, like, uh, physically smaller than us. Oh, and so like we could like, you know, kind of like intimidate you had age, a little you had age and size, you had age and size. Yeah. And so, um, they, they were apologetic, you know, like they, they obviously, were not thinking straight and, you know, um, were apologetic and so on and so forth. And, you know, we, we were able to avert, um, a, a conflagration, right? Like mm -hmm. it wasn't malice in the palace or, 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 or anything like that. And so, um, so that, that, that sort of dissipated. And then, you know, we got a call, I got a call the next day from, from the, the office of whatever African-American affairs or whatever at, at Vassar saying, Hey, we heard you were in a in a racial incident yesterday. What wow. what happened? Yeah, it was ha it happened real. That's fast. quick. That's quick. Yeah. Word gets around. Yeah, and so they just want like they were like just investigate. Hey, yeah. what happened? Blah blah. And, yeah, and, and you you told. But nothing it. happened. But it was that moment of like, if if somebody throws a punch first, right? I'm like, in. To your point, right? Like you're like I I guess you know, <laughs> this isn't my fight, but you know, I I'm here. <laughs> I grew up in a setting and and was socialized like violence is not an, an answer. Yeah. Right. Even though I might have those urges, right. Or I have that yeah. insight and I I didn't grow up there. There are other settings, you know, and other people I've known where they grew up and was like, Oh yeah, we got into a fight last week. Like it, it's what just normalized. Yeah, it's right, normalized, right. you know? And like, I'm like, Whoa, that is a different universe, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that's about. Cause I, I would, and again, I, it's, it's fascinating to me to know, like, 
there, there have been worlds, right? Where that was much more of a norm. There's a world today that's much more of a norm. Like we're going to scrap and, and do this. And it's like, that is not my, yeah. you yeah. know, I don't know. You know, I hope, I hope I could do what I need to do to get through it. You know, I guess. Hopefully go. that, that becomes less and less, um, salient the older we get right because the other thing is that we get more and more brittle i think so i think Lindsay would add a lot to add to this conversation so i'm i regret <laughs> that she's not i hope she i hope she adds in the uh in in the social thread in the social conversation on on the twitter Thought she got into a, a melee she got into a <laughs> the last time a Lindsay heart, was in a fight yeah. a braveheart style uh you know 500 on 500 melee and she's just like cleaning up. I was like, she's like Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. She's just totally I can like, see it. Dal was it a Dalton? I can see what it. it. What, was, what was his name Roadhouse? Rest in peace, Patrick Swayze. Anyway, um, well, that's what was brought up of the events of the week, right? Of, of uh, at least in pop culture, right? In terms of arts and culture, right? Witnessing that and sort of coming to mind. What is, <laughs> what is that about? I don't know if that has anything to do with our guest. <laughs> But no, it is apparently, to do with our apparently, apparently, a lot of our listeners got to witness us have a uh, process our feelings in real time about this. And so hopefully that was useful. But about our guest, we'll be talking about much more uh, compelling and interesting things about arts and culture, of course, is Sean Kibzak. He's the chief executive officer of Arts at Large. It was founded, Arts at Large was founded in 2001 to bring equitable arts integrated learning experiences to youth across the city of Milwaukee. He had previously been in the role of chief operating officer and also was an educator there for many years uh, before taking upon this role. He also has contemporary music degree, a degree in contemporary music from the Academy for Contemporary Music in Guildford, England, as well as conservation and environmental science degree from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Let's go Panthers. Um, and so after the break, we're going to learn about what it means to take on a role as CEO, as well as hear about the lessons learned um, from the pandemic, what they're going to hold on to as they move to the, the back to new, uh, as opposed to back to normal, back to new. And uh, also hear some wonderful anecdotes of what inspired him and what continues to inspire him. Spoiler alert, uh, get, get your uh, skinny ties and your Vans hat ready because it, it's, it's, it's contastic after the break. Sean keeps that. Welcome in our virtual recording room. Welcome, Sean Kiebzak. Sean, great to have you in. Mac and David, you legends. Good to be here. Thank <laughs> you for having me. <laughs> Sean's already already become podcast guest rank number one for a myriad of reasons. Not calling us legends. That's I'm that, very that's I'm like, very yeah, vain. Right. So I'm very susceptible to things like that. And then two, <laughs> you actually beat me to the room. Like I was like rushing to get like my act, like, come on, boot up, boot up computer. And then like I pop in and then Sean smile. Welcome back to your podcast. I'm like, ah, <laughs> welcome back to your own podcast. Yeah, welcome, you? jerk. Uh, so anyway, welcome, Sean. So I, so our listeners know this. If you want to book Sean, he's a he's a tremendous crest, and we haven't even gotten the interview. He's tremendous. He's already welcome. How how are, how am I finding you this morning? How am I finding you this morning? 
Good. We are coming off of an evening of our like culminating celebration of our gallery oh, exhibition. Yes. So like the the building was alive last night. Mm -hmm. There was art happening everywhere. Um, I'd love to get into it and talk about what that looked like and felt like. Yeah. It was it was a great experience. So like you know I'm still buzzing from that. Yeah. Uh, in in more ways than one. So. Are you yeah. are you are you someone who who uh, prefers extroversion in that you, you enjoy being around people, or are you someone who might prefer introversion in that you have to get yourself up for an event like that? Well, I'm a I'm a total introvert. So. Oh, so you <laughs> had to oh, you yeah. had to really channel it you had to be ready because that's a lot right that's a lot of yeah. energy but the thing is like you know I, I as an introvert i can turn it on and i really yeah. enjoy you know those those situations mm -hmm. but it takes me a long time to refresh then mm, yeah. right so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you, you kind of have to like turn it back on again we have another event this evening i'm like all <laughs> right gotta get in the headspace like let's <laughs> let's get ready for this again you, know? Do you have like a, a a mini mountain retreat with like eucalyptus oils flowing like what what, what does it take for you to try to regenerate to get ready to 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 get at it with you. Uh, man i wish i had that um that it, it reminds me of like you know something from zoolander you know like sitting with like owen wilson and you know like yeah sean's obviously listened to the pod because he's already dropped the zoolander reference <laughs> and, uh, owen yeah so this is gonna be a fun interview well sean we appreciate you interrupting uh your recharge uh with being on the pod with us today so um we're gonna get into it and because we're an arts and culture podcast and we love origin stories. We're really curious about one of your um, parts of your origin story. Could you share with us a story of an arts or cultural experience that left a strong imprint on you? It uh, might've been a book you read or performance you witnessed could have been during your formative years. It, it could have been last night, right? Like w whatever, <laughs> like most resonates with you would love to hear a story that gives us an insight about what shaped you. I'm going to go way back. I'm going to go way, way back. back. So right. Way back to the the sixth or seventh grade here. Mm -hmm. So middle school is weird, right? Um, at least it is for most people. And I had, Sean with a big take there. Middle yeah, school is weird. All right. We're ready for the letters and tweets on that one, Sean. All right. Yep. Go ahead. It, you know, odd time for everybody. I had a very difficult time in middle school mm. uh, until I found music. And music was one of those things that, you know, I, I started a band with a number of friends. Wow. It was a ska band. And, you know, we, we played a lot of, you know, Blink-182 and Less Than Jake and Real Big Fish. And it was like in, in my parents' basement. And, you know, we were doing, you know, the angsty, you know, teenage yeah. thing. And, yeah. and we played a performance. And it was uh, a halftime show for a basketball game. Wow. Mm. And and we played a cover of All the Small Things by Blink-182. Wow. I had I had ski goggles on backwards, <laughs> backwards, you know, just because why not? Just because. Just get yeah. your, it's yeah. this brand. That's your creative yeah. brand right there. Yeah, just because. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I think Travis Parker did it. I was like, okay, that looks cool. I'm going to put <laughs> ski goggles on for. So yeah, wait, what grade are you now? What grade are you? Like with probably this? seventh grade. Seventh grade. And you're doing the basketball halftime of basketball show. Yes. It is not the bucks. It's not the bucks or anything. Like what level of basketball is this? Year? Our middle school. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Is there, yeah. is there a photo of, of Sean with the, with the goggles going backwards? Like, like Guy Fieri. There is, there is, it's, <laughs> it's, it's out there. I'll find it. Um, we want it. We'll, we'll link yeah. to it. And what you, yeah. you didn't tell us the name of the band. Uh, Rimshot 309. <laughs> Because you have to have numbers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like, yeah, yeah there's the numbers. 
And, and yeah. quick aside, how long did it take you guys to come up with the name? Like how, I, what, how long did it take you guys? I'm up? sure there were arguments for weeks <laughs> and, you know, of like, you know, should we have numbers? Should we? So, not okay. Numbers? I know I'm interrupting your story, but we just need more yeah. context. Give me the yeah. setup of the band here. You, what, what's your take? What, what, I mean, what's, what are you playing in that band? You, you're I'm a drummer. Uh, you're the, okay. So you're a drummer. I, and then drums. you got, give me the line. Guitar player. Yeah. Give me names. Player. We need some names. We need some names. Give me some yeah. names. Baby. Guitar player, Max Kubala. Of course. Yeah. Good, good, yeah, good old Max on the guitar. <laughs> Eric Klain on bass. Yes. Um, you know, all these guys I continue to play with even yeah. in my you know, adult years, which is just phenomenal. Uh, quick aside, we had another band that we put together a few years ago called The oh. Weapons of Mass Distraction. Yes. Mm. So there you, know, you just, go. Just rock, heavy, <laughs> heavy rock. But um, who else we had? We had my buddy Brandon on uh, trumpet. Yeah, because uh, it's a ska band. Because yep. the scout, you need horns. Yep, Tim Cornick, um, who's on trombone. Wow. Um, and then uh, Doug Weber, who is a uh, lead singer. There, um, Doug so, Weber. Yeah, look up, look up all these guys. There, you know, <laughs> Rimshop yeah. 09, Rim performing at the at the halftime of the basketball yep. game. So this is, so, so you perform ska covers of of pop punk bands. So so all the small <laughs> things is a ska version of it. Is that that that's what you're performing? Yeah. This well, time. I mean, you can you know. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Yes, we did. Huh? Yes, we put we put horns. John was like on a witness stand at the he, <laughs> the way you were resigned. You're like, yes, 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 counselor. Yes, that is correct. Yes. Hey, if we if we get into it, some of some of the skyheads out there, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get into the first wave, second wave, third wave, you know, conversation of Scott. And does Blink One Eighty Two fit in that? And yes, this is fourth right. wave. This is yes, fourth wave, Scott. Wave. You guys are you're trying. All right, back. so I all right. Keep set, now you're in the show, like or the, you're in the setting. Go break it yeah, down. Yeah, in the, the setting. In the yeah. setting, we we play the song there's a big drum solo you know mm. which is really just like a snare drum roll but to me it was like the biggest <laughs> thing ever because everyone's attention was on me yes and yes. after that moment and after we played like literally everyone from the stands like ran down and flooded us and oh everyone, everyone was around us and just like <sighs> I, I don't know what happened but <laughs> it was one of those like first feelings of like a musical performance and as a performer of just like all the adrenaline yeah you know just like this is amazing this feeling is amazing you know performing yeah. like yeah. you know it had all of that good sort of like adrenaline mm. that like yeah. fueled our performance and yeah yeah we we went on to to cut a, a solo album um called blue duck titled after um, Sean, Sean, hold on yeah. wait uh, does it how does a group cut a solo album how does that work how does a group <laughs> yeah. cut a solo album or, or, we actually don't so, yeah, we, <laughs> the group cut an album i was just curious like yeah this is like fifth wave i, I want to know how yeah, a group like, cuts a solo album right what here. i meant was that we had one track on the album oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay you cut a solo all right you got a single you got a single you got a single you guys yep. had a single. You guys got a single. Blue Duck titled um, by um, uh, Billy Madison. Um, that was yep. the inspiration for the song. So uh, <laughs> anyway, duck. it was like, so that, you know, that goes way back of like just the, you know, the, you know, what excited me about performing. Um, yeah. I went on to study music in school yeah. and, you know, it, it was one of those experiences that like I continue to enjoy, love and appreciate mm. and try to cultivate here in arts at large with all the programming we have going on so you know that was one of those there are so many other like really rich cultural experiences you know yeah. that contributed but 
for some reason I had to share, you know, what happened in middle school when I was like 13. <laughs> that's a good, but that's a hot time, yeah. right? You're forming yeah. your identity. You're forming, you know, who you're going to be. And that, that's a heck of an aff- affirming experience. And also I'm sure paid off all the midnight practices with, you know, and again, the more band members, the more complexity I have to imagine in getting yeah. back together and getting to rehearsals and doing the thing. So do so. you all, do you all still play together or do you still play? And then do you all still play together? Uh, I, I do still play not often. And like I mentioned before, we had a band called weapons of mass distraction, right. yeah. and that was the, the latest iteration. And the reason we formed that band was because our buddy was getting married. We all lived in the area. He's like, Hey, can you put a band together uh, and play the wedding? So we did. But the first thing we did is we just started writing music and it got to like a week before right. the wedding. We we're like, we never learned any cover tunes. <laughs> <laughs> these people don't want to hear our original yeah. stuff. All, yeah, these, right? all these guests are like, not going to be like, wait a minute. Yeah. So that was like the late night practices. And, and actually our old uh, community center, or gallery space it's a block north of where we're at on like near fifth and national we used to practice in the the back room of walker's um uh walker's point center for the arts oh yeah so after hours yeah. um you know gary tuma um who was the ed at the time you know i said you know I, we made a deal of like i became a member of you know of walker's point center for the arts and you know i got a key and we'd go in and practice at oh. like you know 10 in the evening wow. till like you know you know 12 one in the morning so wow um yeah so we those guys now moved off into other directions um the bass player of that group uh jordan kroger plays with chicken wire empire okay familiar with them uh great local bluegrass group but uh, they've got a lot of stuff nationally so i know we're gonna get to your role as a as a ceo of an arts organization before we get to it i need to know drummer inspiration well i mean if you're like this drummer or these drummers like totally like I would watch our YouTubes and break it down. Is it Travis Barker or do, were you, would you, would you name another drummer that? Growing up, I'll give you a couple. So one is uh, Keith Moon. Okay. From the who, the who. Um, you know, I was just Legend. like huge inspiration. Yeah. You know, we played a lot of who covers like when we got into <laughs> high school, uh, you know, some great stuff from Quadrophenia and Tommy and yeah. uh, he was just an animal and I just loved it. I loved watching yeah. him perform. Um, I loved his antics. Like, yeah. you know, he blew up his drum set on stage one time. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm like, this man is a legend. Um, uh, Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers. Okay. Um, yep. So, uh, you know, another just like complete legend. And he's just a funky drummer. Um, I can listen yeah. to him for days. Um, yeah. uh, Antonio Sanchez, he plays with a Pat Metheny group. He does okay. like, yep. he can do like a clave beat, like a different clave beat on each of his appendages. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's incredible. So I can name drummers all day, man. <laughs> That's what this pod is. It's just you yeah. going, let's name some drummers. <laughs> I will say, Shaw, like one of my, when I listen to music, I like to air drum but I'm not good at drumming. So like, I don't, I'm doing just enough to look like I'm like competent for th- 10 seconds. And then like, you're not seeing my feet. Cause I couldn't yeah. do like, the, you know, like there's no Tom Toms. I'm just doing make a bass. Like I like this. I don't do the air guitar. It's something when I'm feel. I feel that. I don't know what yeah. that is, but I, I that's love me. That's drumming. me at concerts. I'm, I'm a bass player at concerts. <laughs> you're you're, you're, you're a bass? Hi, you're holding yeah. it high. People, yeah, listeners can't say you're holding it high. Yeah. The Rickenbacker is really high up on that. George How do you, so so as somebody who who played drums, studied music, um, how did you sort of misfind your way into nonprofit management as opposed <laughs> yeah, to right? yeah? What was that unfortunate? Yeah. Uh, and 
as opposed went, to potentially like continuing we, to play and then like you know moving to a place or you know like is there a, we've is all there got a our backed into the nonprofit stories from yeah Arts is there a world so, in yeah. which you, you you're playing you know as a sideman in los angeles or in chicago <laughs> or something or, or in a band yeah so how that happened was i i was studying music in england uh you know gigged there for a little bit came back to the states took a lot of side jobs you know continued to play music um started a band with my my parents called the bakti love project oh my gosh um, and it was a, a group of local musicians that did like kirtan so like a lot of east mm. indian music yeah. and wow. we played a lot of yoga studios um so, <laughs> did, did the yoga yeah. studio circuit yeah did the yoga studio circuit <laughs> in milwaukee was, and it concerns a lot about the about the beats right like it's a lot about percussion or and, yeah. and, and, and just voices and stuff like that. So yeah, droning, a lot of vamping. Yeah. Like it's really cool. Like you know, we had some amazing instruments, like a guzheng, which is like this you know Asian instrument that is just like like seven feet long, and mm. you know had the tablas we were playing. So you know, we had a lot of like you know worldly inspired you know aspects of you know of music <laughs> that we incorporated in that. But anyway, from there. Um, I started taking on residencies in the schools as, you know, oh. some opportunities. So I started as an artist in residence. And you know, what I would do is either, you know, connect my interest as um, a musician. Uh, one of my favorite projects was I did a, a, a residency at Tippy Canoe School, which is down in Bayview, mm. working with their history teacher. And I'd come in and we did like a whole lesson on, you know, different aspects of, you know, time and, and connecting, you know, music to that moment. Oh, wow. And then I worked with the students to create like a stomp like performance in the mm. classroom. Awesome. So we're like, you know, really like, you know, I, they were the drivers, you know, and I was just there guiding them. And, and, you know, they did this beautiful piece of like, we want to represent school and, and, you know, we want to break it down and like, we want to do a lunchroom scene, a recess scene, a classroom scene, a bus uh, scene. So like, you know, we had like all these trays and basketballs and they were like uh, making music with that. And then we, we did a performance, you know, for their school and it was, it was beautiful. So from there I was hooked. I was like, you know, education is what I need mm, to do. And I continued okay. to do, you know, residency work in the schools. And um, I was also at the time, going back to get a, another degree in conservation and environmental sciences at UW Milwaukee. Yeah. I was also finding ways to like connect and tie my interest in, in, you know, with environmental education into my work. And, you know, one of the next big projects I focused on was a, uh, a community garden at 53rd street school. Um, so I, I worked with Melissa Tashin with compost crusaders and we put in 57 raised bed gardens free to the community in partnership with Yeshiva Elementary and 53rd Street School, which was really unique because they share this playground space. And, you know, we, we had recognized in, in conversations with the school administration that students would come out, uh, but they'd go back into the schools. And there yeah. was never really any interface between uh. the, the two student bodies. So we kind of bridged the gap with the arts and environment um, and, you know, put in these community gardens. And that was another like pivotal moment of like, wow, like the, the power of just like community organizing the arts and environmental education, you know, contributed mm. to something really special. Mm. Uh, and then from there, it was just, you know, the, the board of directors just giving me opportunities to grow within, you know, the, the positions, you know, uh, um, you know, offered to me within the organization and uh, yeah, led me to where I'm at today. But, was there a point where you're like, hey, I, I could see myself being yeah. the CEO? I mean, was there, because it sounds like you're in the moment, right? You're do, you're yeah. with these students or you're, you're in the moment of these. 
because again, these are different skill sets. These are different muscles you have to exercise in these roles. I was just wondering, was there any point where you're like, yeah, I think I could, and what was that? Or, or was this sort of a gradual thing that you, you ultimately saw yourself? To be honest with you, like, I still don't feel like that. You know? <laughs> You're like, wait, when does it start? When yeah, does when that thing start? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I never did. I mean, I've, I've been doing this work and with the organization for 12 years now. And uh, yeah, I, I have a hard time answering that question. You know, I don't know if I ever saw myself in this role or this position, but, you know, I have, you know, the, the capacity, the skill set and the knowledge, you know, to, to make that work happen um, and create a team and work with like amazing individuals to mm -hmm. to get out there and you know serve our mission you know for the community so um, yeah it's a really hard question for me you know I don't think I ever envisioned myself you know being in this role and especially so soon but but yeah. it happened and here I am and and and, and quite frankly it happened during a pandemic and it's yeah. been a roller coaster yeah so. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I, would, so I think yeah, one, ahead, one of the one of the things that, that that I think is really interesting about particularly your journey and also I think the journey of many people um, is something that we're trying to wrap our heads around here at Imagine, right? And, and which is this idea that like, or rather, it's actually one of our priorities, right? Which is to get more artists and creatives in leadership positions at leadership tables across the city. Um, but I think what 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 we've been recognizing is that people who are artists and creatives, that identity is pretty permeable, right? Like um, a, a an artist who also, you know, hits the streets during the George Floyd uprising to paint like murals and organize their friends may not consider themselves an artist in that moment. They consider themselves an activist. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, obviously were gigging and, and studying music and then suddenly you're sort of getting into this role of, of, of arts educator and now CEO, right? It's just like, it's, it, it's so permeable that it's hard to say, I, I was a former filmmaker and now I've, I'm running an arts organization, right? Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's it, and so like, it, it does feel like a, like just a, a, an interesting question, right? Like you think about Greg Marcus, right? He plays the piano really well, and yet he runs, you know, a national hotel and hospitality chain, right? Like, yeah. and I don't know what to do about that, right? Because like, if we went up to Greg Marcus and be like, hey, how do you utilize your artist stuff in your work? He'd be like, I, you know, I, I play Wednesday nights at Blue, right? Like, it's it's like, yeah. it, it, it is at one time core and also not, right? Like, yeah, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know if you have any like insights of, as somebody who's sort of gone through that journey and now sort of trying to figure it out. <laughs> I think it's just taking advantage of all the opportunities that are made, you know, that are available to you. And I think one of the things I, um, you know, I think I squandered in my, you know, formative years as a, as a music student was like, I didn't take advantage of those opportunities. There was a lot around me, mm. um, a lot of, you know, professionals, a lot of people within the industry that I could have made some intentional connections to find a way into the music industry. Mm. Um, but I was young and I was in another country and I wanted to party and I you know, <laughs> wanted to make friends and, you know, I, I wanted that experience. I wanted to travel and I wanted to do all these things. And yeah, it wasn't until a little bit later that I just saw that, you know, when the opportunities presented themselves, you know, to, to take a risk and, um, you know, push yourself, you know, outside of the box and outside of the boundaries of your comfortability and, and try something new. And I think that's, what's, um, really exciting is like having that space and, you know, to, 
to fail, um, to learn from, you know, some of your failures and to figure out how can we do things, you know, better the next time. And, um, you know, it's something that I try to encourage everyone within the team and understand, like, it's, it's okay, you know, it's okay for us to take risks. It's okay if we don't think, do things perfectly, like, let's give ourselves some grace. And um, we're also in a unique position that we are all artists here. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't by design, it just happened. So mm-hmm. every single employee and staff member at Arts at Large is an artist in some respect, you know, mm-hmm. whether they're a performer, a visual artist, um, you know, a, a musician, a theatrical performer. So uh, it's it's really interesting to have that perspective, you know, from all these different artists and, you know, what we do with our, you know, creative minds to, to both develop programming, but just create that environment, you know, that is Arts at Large. You mentioned the pandemic, taking this role on during a pandemic and um, I w- I'm, I'm really curious about not that we're coming out of a pandemic, right? There's this phrase back to normal. And I like to say back to new because yeah. we're, we're, there's some elements like I was in a room and not all of us were wearing masks or very few of us, right? So it suggests, and again, we see these rates going down or it feels like it's going down. Um, what is What does back to new mean for you in role as well as what back to mean back to new mean for arts at large as it moves on its mission, right? As we move into this era, you know, and, and what, I'm really curious about like, what about it excites you, but what about is, are the, are maybe still questions that you're still tangling in and we'll continue to unwrap and unravel. Yeah, the last three years has been a wild ride. Uh, we moved from our, you know, 3000 square foot gallery, uh, you know, to an 11,000 square foot historic building. Mm. And, you know, when that happened, like it was a huge transformation of physical space, but it also opened up the doors for more opportunities to create programs. And whenever you're creating something new, uh, there are challenges, you know, in in the processes, the procedures, um, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how, you know, we coordinate the operations of uh, you know, this new initiative and their growing pain. So we started to get our feet under ourselves as we moved in and then the pandemic hit and it was another big change, another big shift. And uh, one of the things I'm, I'm most proud of is just, you know, our collaboration, you know, with community organizations to, to continue hiring artists, to continue distributing, you know, meaningful, you know, um, activities in the form of art supply kits and literature and, you know, um, uh, you know, engaging like, you know, virtual workshops, but that was like another huge effort. And, and we were joking the other day of watching like the, the video from the first week of like our virtual sessions compared mm-hmm. to like a video that we produced last week. And like, uh-huh. it is miles, you know, <laughs> away from like, you know, what it was when we first started trying it. But we, we learned so much from that. We grew so much from that. And as we started coming out of, you know, the, the latest, I think, um, you know, um, phase of the pandemic, it, it's another new opportunity to grow and learn. And I think we are starting to kind of build that foundation of what we see as like a resilient structure of, of programs and initiatives that we can offer. And I like to say that we're like we're like 85% there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we have a really good understanding of what we need to do in the schools, um, the opportunities we have, you know, here at the community center, and how we work with you know teachers, students, um, you know, community members, and artists, you know, all in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there were, there were like three phases, you know, that we had to go through of like you know learning and growing, and 
And that's a lot. It's a lot on staff. You know, it's a it's a lot on leadership to try to manage all of those changes. But um, you know, the work uh, the work goes on, and it's really important. Um, and I can't advocate enough for you know what we're able to do in providing meaningful arts opportunities to to connect community um, and add depth to you know the engagement and activities that happen in the classroom. So. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's been a wild ride, but you know we're now coming out of it, and our new normal is starting to to um, take shape um, in the form of you know all of the the programs that we are now you know creating these connections between what is happening in the community center, what's happening in the school, what's happening with our professional development. So um, yeah, it feels great, and and the team has been so instrumental in shaping that vision. Um, so. Um, led by Symphony Zawadi um, mm -hmm. and Jeff Simple, um, our, our director of programs and instructional designer, um, you know, they're, they're coming up with, you know, these immensely creative ideas to, to take us to the next level. Uh, and it's exciting. Is the, so as, as, as an organization that is typically, or that has historically worked in schools, right, with, with students and with, with teachers, what, what was that like as you know, for the last two years, and then now as, you know, as, as things seem to be getting back to more normal, is the same sort of like capacity or the same throughput of programming happening now for you all? Well, in, in talking first about the schools, it, it's rough out there, you know, so there are staffing shortages across the nation. Uh, in Milwaukee Public Schools alone this last year, there are over 170 vacancies in teaching positions. 20 of those were in art, music, and physical education. Um, you also had, you know, uh, uh, students, you know, across the, the district and the schools, um, you know, within our region, and I think nationally, um, were behind in their academic proficiency before the pandemic. And uh, now you went through two years of virtual learning that was difficult for most families uh, to navigate. And, and we're even further behind now, you know, so the skills gap is now, you know, um, you know, broadened quite considerably. And uh, it, it's really hard to, to get in there and provide the support for those teachers and for the students um, and making sure uh, that they remain engaged, um, but they're also catching up on all of that lost time right. that happened. Uh, so we, we are able to, you know, work with our artist educators and help fill those gaps uh, within the schools and working with the district to make sure that the students have and education, you know, that includes the arts. Um, we're providing professional development to teachers. Um, so they're finding creative ways that they can uh, enhance their curriculum um, with arts integrated practices. Um, we're creating curriculum that can be utilized by classroom teachers as well to really hit on the core academic standards. Um, and again, in a very creative way. Uh, so we're, we're trying our hardest to kind of play that role, but we also have this amazing opportunity um, to work with the creatives of our community, uh, to bring schools and students into our space and, and introduce them to a new art form, a new concept, um, a new idea that uh, changes their way of thinking, whether it's as a teacher to understand, oh, I can do this and pre present this material differently in a way that I, is more relevant to my students and, and I can connect to them on a deeper right. way, or to the students and being like, wow, I never knew that I had an interest in this art form um, I now have an opportunity to, to explore that in greater depth. Um, so there's, there's a lot we're doing. Um, there's a lot more we can do. I think some of the things I also talk about is like, uh, you know, 
the arts are really sexy, right? And, and you know, like whether that is in, uh, you know, the, the cultural experiences of, you know, live entertainment and events in the city, uh, you know, the, the gallery night and days, like there's so many things that happen that like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's really sexy, uh, but it, it doesn't look that way in the schools. And that's hard to sell them. It's like, you know, it's, this is important, it's necessary, but this is hard work. You know, so it, it can be hard to sell that in the schools, you know, and for for funders and, and community to really understand that like this has happened, like we need to invest in our young people because having that creative mind is like, you know, one of the top five skill sets that employers are looking for today. And, and what a better way than to cultivate that through artistic experiences and what a better way than to start, you know, with these students while they're young. So we need to get in these spaces and we need to make it, you know, sexy, you know, and make <laughs> sure that like, you know, that the, that the teachers and parents and students are like really getting excited about this work and understanding the importance of that. Because, um, you know, even for some artists and for, you know, for some schools, you know, it's like, I don't know, you know, you know, what do the arts look like? And, and I think for them, they think about what it looks like 10 years ago. And it's like, that's, that's not the case anymore. It doesn't have to look like that. Like we can do some amazingly creative things. We did a, a performance uh, and, and exhibition with Classic last year uh, and, and Classic went into this into Bayview High School and did this narration with the students where they talked about what it meant to stand in while they're not physically present in the space mm. in the community. And then he took that, made music, um, we worked with high school students to do these like digital designs of banners that went into the community center that we hosted like the virtual exhibition. And then all of that work went back to the school and they were so excited about it. Classic went back this year and they did a new like fight song for their school. Ah, and like, you know, and, wow. and how exciting is like, you know, those students like now have a fight song done by <laughs> Classic and with them that like changes yeah. everything. So like, there is a way that you can look at the arts to make it like appealing and to, to make it relevant. Um, so, you know, Sean, as you're telling your story, you know, it, it reanimates, you know, what lights up for me, you know, I think of like one mental model of art in school, and this is a metaphor for art in general, is that there's a class for art and you go in that room and you get to do the art with that special teacher who lets you do the art and then you get back to do math, right? And then you go back to do the other thing. So it's, it's shunted aside. And what you're describing is, well, actually, let me remind you that art is actually everywhere around us. It's like air and sun, you know, and, yeah. and, that, and that means by getting it in math class, by getting it in social studies class, they're realizing, wow, I can use these viewpoints. I could use these practices, integrate these practices, lowercase p, right, to take in this key information that I got to crush on the standardized test someday, you know, or whatever the school needs, right, in terms of meeting standards. And then what you're saying is physical space. Okay, now get out of the school. Hey, look around you, art, it's, it's everywhere. You know, how you move around the built environment, how you take in the aesthetics or the, the flora and fauna of the neighborhoods we're in. And, and look at all these people in your neighborhood. Guess what? They're artists too. Some of them are capital A artists, some are case, lowercase a artists. And, and your community center is a space for all that to mingle. And they, they walk away going, oh, it's not just one hour on the blue schedule on a Tuesday. Like art is actually around me. And, and hopefully they, they all in their own way get this critical touch point that like, you know, maybe they're not Travis Barker playing at their seventh grade moment yeah. but they all have a minute moment of like oh you know that to you to, that's what that's where i went while you're talking like that'd be a, a great world that arts at large is part of 
that it's, it's facilitating that in, in your area. Is, am I tracking or you're like, no, Matt, that's totally wrong. No, absolutely. Yeah. And that, you know, it, for those students that have interests, like there are career opportunities yeah. in the art and entertainment industry. Like I think it, it you know, accounts for like, you know, upwards of 4.9% of our GDP. 3.1, but like, yeah, it's pretty close. What is it? 3.1, 3 3.1% of our, of our state's GDP. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like it, it's significant, right? And yeah. also I think there are jobs, you know, as sound engineers, as videographers, uh, yeah. you know, and there's so many aspects of arts and entertainment that like, Hey, you can find a reputable career within this industry that has a need right now. So, um, you know, there's that aspect to it as well. Like it has like a very real world application to, you know, um, jobs and the possibilities available to our young people as, as career opportunities. So, and you, you know, to be, or yeah. you can grow up to be Sean Keepsack, right? Like, I mean, yeah. like, this is not like. I was going to say, or you, worst case scenario, you end up as a CEO of a nonprofit organization. Right. Like, that's the ultimate fallback. Like, yeah. you can't be the roadie, but you yeah. know what? You can be an admin at a, you know because we need them. That's the thing. Arts and cultural organizations need people who need to who can solve problems, who can be creative and resourceful and all the things that you are, you know, with creative, with an arts and culture. Uh, perspective digressing real quick so yeah. the i i was a roadie for a band once and, yeah and it was, what was the band? band you can't you can't just say for a band shot you gotta yep. give us yep. specifics so here, here i'm going so it was with a group called the heat and they were in england and oh. the the drummer uh his name was mike sturgis and he used to play with wishbone ash 21 guns and aha okay and then okay. The, the guitar player was pete friesen from uh from alice cooper and you recognize Pete Friesen in one of the Wayne's World movies, you know, when, when Alice is like doing his little monologue and, he and, and Pete asks a question. He's like, well, yes, Pete, it is. And it's like, you know, that's Pete Friesen. So I was like, you know, a little like fanboy, just like, oh, you know, like a drum tech for this group as they're like digging about England. And, you know, it's like those types of like little experiences of just like, uh, I don't know, that shape you as an individual of just like, you know, artistic and cultural sort of experiences that happen, you know, around the oh, world. But, that's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you know, we, we're going to pull a stunt, I think, in, in, a, in a in a couple of months. Um, one of my best friends is uh, he's a uh, he's the drummer for the Black Crows, or at least he's been the drummer for the Black Crows for these last few tours. And we've been trying to get him on the podcast. We're to have you interview him. I think is what we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, drummer to drummer. It's a sub pod of a pod. Drummer to yeah. drummer, right? There's got yeah. You guys just yeah. talking, you know, pasty symbols or zildjian, guys. What, what do you yeah. think? Let's let's, let's, yeah. like, let's like have it up. Let's have it up. Right flam taps or paradiddles. So uh, yeah. <laughs> really get deep into it. Really, because there. I know there's a segment of our audience who do audience analysis of the pod. They're like, we need more talk. About yeah, yeah. It'll be a very talk. niche market. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Niche of a niche. Yeah. niche, of a niche. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, I mean, we're we're so grateful of the time you've you've had. Uh, you're taking time to as you're recharging for these events. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also appreciative again to to hear about how, you know, you've been part and parcel, helping Arts at Large, you know, really get its footing during a pandemic, but even establishing it now, right, really firmly and having a real strong point of view. Uh, not that it wasn't strong before, but really sort of seeing how it fits in that ecosystem, you know, real accelerator, not just for young people, but for all the other components in that environment, like the teachers, the physical space itself, and then finding ways for creatives in Milwaukee to come in like classic to 
to really, um, you know, and I'm sure he gets something out of it. He keeps coming back, right? It's not just yeah. a gig for him. I'm sure it's incredibly meaningful to yeah. say, like, I helped, you know, help Corey Bayview High's new fight song, yeah. uh, you know, and all that. That's, that's got to be, you know, super awesome. Um, that means, you know, I think you're well worthy to be our next czar of arts and culture in the city. <laughs> so all this is proven. And that's, David and I have, you know, we talked with you last part. It's like, all right, we're going to, we're going to let, you know, we nodded, we chatted offline. I think, <laughs> I think Sean's chat. ready. Yeah, I was in the chat, the Zoom chat. So we would like you to make, we'd like you to be our city's czar of arts and culture, but the hook is it only lasts for another five minutes. So, <laughs> you know, you got to work quick. Um, we, we would love to know what policy has to get passed, like right now under your reign. There's a couple things. The the first of which is I, I challenged um, uh, Indianapolis to an arm wrestling contest um, yes. you know, to, to take over the Drum Corps International Show. <laughs> bring that to milwaukee okay because uh, it is like a stellar sort of like celebration of this music yeah uh and i don't know if you've ever been to a no. drum corps show no but it's all horns and drums mm. um so yeah it's like a you know it's a <laughs> i'm just thinking like sky music horns and drums but like <laughs> drum corps, like it's all horns and drums. it's a it's a wall of sound and it will give you mm. goosebumps and it is uh. it is so incredible but I would want to bring that to, to the city of Milwaukee. But the, yeah. the other thing that um, I'm inspired by, and I think uh, I learned this from you, David, is that there are other cities that uh, are take a percentage of budgets for any development um, and allocate that to uh, you know the arts, whether it's an art installation, art project, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It is such a great idea. And I don't know the percentages of which, but like I was crunching some numbers the other day, just like just like thinking about it. I'm like, okay, even if it's just 2%, you know, of yeah. like a $7 million project, you know, like that's significant to do like an art installation on your mm -hmm. facility. So like that would be so cool and open up so many doors and opportunities for artists and creatives in the community and just mm -hmm. bring more money here, um, mm -hmm. you know, to, to pay artists for that work. So. Mm -hmm. If I could like do that tomorrow, today, I would, I would do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you might have, um, I have some good news for you. Yeah. Um, okay. I have some great news for you. Two Sean, you were quick. You, you were quick. Cause you just said it. You, spoke you said it and I have, I have two bits of good news for you. First yeah. on the arm wrestling thing. If that's not a bit, I've won an arm wrestling contest. And I can help you with, <laughs> with, uh, with, with skills. Um, <laughs> most people, do it the wrong way and they lose because they, they try to they try to hinge over the the idea right is you have to push up to oh. to, to stop that that moment that, that that initial moment of force right and then and then whoever is in indianapolis indianapolis is going to say to themselves in their head oh my god sean is so strong i'm going <laughs> built and then and then you get them so that's how you win and the second thing on the percentage for the arts uh, uh, program, um, the county just passed a, a resolution last week um, where they're going to bring back a a study group. They're going to look at it. They're going to bring back a study group that that is going to look at the possibilities of devoting a percentage of every county capital project above five hundred thousand dollars to uh, to to do art to public art. Um, and public art, not just an art installation, a visual sculpture or something, but all kinds, right? And, um, you know, it's, it's the first, it's the first small but meaningful step to, to, to bring back that program here in Milwaukee. Um, and, um, yeah, we're just, we're really hopeful that, that, that something, that, that something will happen and we, and, and, and will help us sort of like rectify the fact that we are, we are so poorly leveraged in public funding for the arts here in Milwaukee. So, 
Um, it passed unanimously in every committee that it was in. Um, you gained co-sponsors, so people seemed to be very excited about it. So it's That's all That's amazing. It's all and thank you to you and your team, because I'm sure you had a role to play in that. Um, a little bit. That's that's incredible news. And and yeah, maybe we'll go from 49th in the nation to, to 48. <laughs> I like one at a time. We're knocking people off. Yeah, one at, yeah, we're, yeah, we're coming for you, Guam. Guam, we're coming for you next. Yeah. American Samoa. We're getting yeah. it. We're gonna come at you. <laughs> awesome, shot. It's it's been a joy uh, to connect with you. And if folks want to connect with you or listen to us, how can they either find you and or Arts at Large? Yeah, yeah, you could follow us on Facebook, uh, Arts at Large, uh, or go to our website, www.artsatlargeinc.org. Um, that's inc.org. Uh, and we have a great Instagram presence as well. So mm. follow us on Instagram. There's a lot of great content that goes out. For all of our public workshops here at the community center, we do these little video segments for the artists that are featured on Instagram. Uh, one, because it's something that they can use um, in their own portfolios, but it's just really engaging content to introduce people to, you know, who we have, you know, in the space here. So uh, definitely check us out on Instagram because uh, there's a lot of good things happening there. Right on. And then the band, your band is playing. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think weapons of mass action is on soundcloud <laughs> so you're not going to be at the johnson controls world stage coming up at Summerfest. you guys nope, get next, booked next at the, year. Yeah. the 4 p.m slot the lucrative 4 yeah. p.m slot on a thursday you know that the uh... i think the i think the rim shot 309 is on midi disc somewhere uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like... <laughs> somewhere there's a digital audio tape in the bottom of a shoebox you know yeah. in your in, yeah. in a closet in your <laughs> The home yeah. you grew up in, it's, it's, yeah. that's it. Last tapes waiting to be found. Sean, thanks so much again for not just joining us, but just also for your leadership and, and, and how you hold the role of CEO uh, and your team with a really strong artist lens. You're literally, like, like David said, you're showing the example when you actually have artists in decision-making roles, yeah. and what, what the possibilities and what, what joyful, uh, exciting, meaningful uh, results can happen as a result of it. Well, thank you both. It was a pleasure talking with you legends today. Uh, I, you know what, Sean, you use the legends like 19 times. So I'm, I'm really wondering what you really mean. Like legends become like devalued. I think I was like, wait, this guy says legend. Like, like, you know, guy brings you like a Coke at a restaurant. Thanks legend. I'm like, wait, yeah. what, wait, what? That guy's a legend. He's like, all right, all right, Sean. It's, it's actually an acronym that I'm just not like, yeah. Like, <laughs> Love it. Like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Uh, well, Sean, well, we're going to have you on. I'm sure not, not just to plug weapons, but just to, just to hear more, uh, more exciting stuff that's happening in arts at large and, and, uh, look forward to Look forward to having you come back. Well, happy Friday to you both. And, uh, yeah, have a good rest of your week. Right on. So um, to give folks listening, I hope you're still listening. You're like, man, if, if you made it this here, far, I'm just checking out. If you made, if it, this you made far, it this far, you get to know a secret about how we record the pod, which is we record the guest and then usually we do the intros and outros afterwards because that's just how it goes. Oddly enough, it isn't like we record the intro, let the person in and then record the outro. And so like in hindsight, I kind of wish we asked Sean, when did you get into a fist fight? And <laughs> once so that at least there would be, you know, that, that carryover, that would have been that through line. Yeah, I, I thought about it, uh, but then I didn't want it to be, it didn't want it to be weird. <laughs> it just got out of nowhere. Like, hey, tell me yeah. about, 
It doesn't mean like something about a fight you're in, but no, outside of that, uh, I, I I don't know that I, I, he doesn't strike me as somebody no. who, who is yeah no. Although you know when you're a roadie, for you know, middling middling you know, goth metal bands in England, maybe maybe you got to find your way in a mosh pit once in a while and clean up clean yeah, up. Yeah, it's probably it's probably possible. as close. Yeah, that's right. That being said, I'm glad we didn't talk about that. And I was really it. I you know again I've seen Sean around town. Um, and, and even though I didn't have lengthy discussions, I always found his energy to be super optimistic and yeah. super yeah. engaging. And he just seems like a very curious and uh, thoughtful person. And it was really cool to be validated in that, having that conversation with him. Yeah, I think having that conversation really reminded me of the one of my favorite stories from the pandemic, right, was that uh, yes. in a convening with uh, some of our community partners, Arts at Large was just raised their hand and said, you know what, you can, you, you know, if you, if the community partners need to use a van to distribute cleaning supplies, if whatever. Metcalf Park needs us. Yeah. Let's do it. And, and guess what? Metcalf Park isn't next to Walker's Point, nope. right? It's not technically in their nope. service area, but they're like, nah, use it. Let's go. And right, I think yeah. his spirit, that spirit of generosity and curiosity and um, understanding of the, the power of the arts to magnify other other initiatives and, and other important social uh, concerns really came through in our chat with him. It was, uh, I, I can't believe it took us this long to invite the legend, Sean Keepsack. <laughs> He's a legend. He's a legend. He feels like a guy that would be a, recur a good recur, a good yeah. recurring guest. He's got good vibes. You know, I put him up there. He's like, he's like a Diane Showy or like a, or a, our friend, Julia Griffith. You know, he's got, he's got that. He, I see him there. Or if I one of us needs to take a vacation, right? Like, I think he'd be a great He could. Host. He could be a great host. He'd be great. You know what, Dan? Wouldn't it be great if this pod got so big that just the whole season is just recurring guest hosts? Kind of like yeah. like when Jimmy Kimmel was like, had that heart thing. And then like, they just had random people. Is that why them. he lost all that weight? Yeah, I think. All right. I think he just lost that weight just to get in better shape. You know? You know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he had a heart thing and that's like, lose the weight. I think he's just every Anyway. Anyway, there was a time, right, that people just sat in. Or like, you know what's weird? I know this is a bit digression. I was like flipping channels on vacation the other day during because I don't usually watch TV during the day. And I was watching, like Ellen came on, like the Ellen DeGeneres show on. It's all guest hosts now. Yeah. How, how they figure that, like, she's so toxic. Like, we're, we're just not going to let her. Just, just, the Ellen show out. is just guest hosts. Yeah, it's, it's just like Leslie Jones. Yeah. It's like Leslie Jones and like... Right? It's like all oh, this big audition. Like, all these people are auditioning for those shows. They're so. keeping the brand of the name, but not the person. <laughs> that, that, that's how you know we've sort of entered into a new ring of hell. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, I'm glad we're ending the pod on that note because you know, <laughs> you know who doesn't care about things like that? Who, Mac? Our listeners. <laughs> of course. They'd rather listen to arts and culture. So thanks for enjoying the, the meat part of the sandwich that was this podcast. Uh, uh, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, which I know if you're still listening, you did because why else would you be listening this long? Keep supporting the podcast. It's fun to see our numbers tick slowly, slowly up. Uh, and that means we're reaching more people and more people are learning about the stories, uh, you know, write about it. Hashtag, you know, imagine this podcast. Uh, leave a rating and review on Apple if you're listening on Apple, because that matters there. Uh, or contact us directly at pod at imaginemke.org. 
Imagine This Podcast is a team effort produced, edited, and hosted by MacArthur Antigua, David Lee, and Lindsay Sheridan, and is the flagship of the Imagine MKE Podcast Network. Make sure you also listen and subscribe to Black Imagination and Arts Forward MKE, all back episodes which can be found at imaginemke.org slash podcast. Big thanks to Bobby Drake for our podcast theme. To catch all the latest from Imagine MKE, here are, here are the ways you can do it. Hit us up at Twitter and Instagram at imagine underscore MKE or in the metaverse backslash Facebook at Imagine MKE. Thanks again and join us next week when we have special guest, Grammy Award winning R&B artist, all around visual artist, and Wauwatosa's own Grace Weber joining the podcast to talk about her 414 Day song when we unveil our Aye. annual 414 Day video. See you then.